Hello, and welcome to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett. I am a child therapist who lives and works in Asheville, North Carolina. And this is a podcast dedicated to play therapy, coming at play therapy from a child-centered perspective. And today on the podcast, I want to chat about not something that is specific to play therapy, but talking about the general therapeutic situation for the child. Seeing children is different than seeing adults in therapy. The situations that children find themselves in where they end up coming to therapy is different than for adults. And it feels good to be aware of those differences for children when they do come in to have as much empathy for them as possible and if need be, to, you know, cater the experience to what these children need and to explain therapy in such a way that they feel respected and understood and heard inside of the therapy environment. And this is because children coming into therapy are often not choosing to come into therapy. It's not something that is on their radar in terms of ways that they would spend their time to try and feel better. Children come into therapy because they are forced to come into therapy, and they are forced to come into therapy for a variety of reasons. The easiest one of these reasons is because that child has experienced something in their environment that could be a capital T traumatic event, that could be, say, like, a divorce or separation with the parents, maybe somebody has died, and there is an identifiable stressor or something that is causing distress that is known to the parents that can then be said to the child as the reason why they're coming into therapy to begin with. And then the child understands that, ah, this is a place so that I can go to have a better understanding of my parents' divorce or to feel better and accept that X person died or X thing happened to me. In those situations, explaining therapy is easy and the reasons for therapy is easy. And even though we're child-centered, say, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a child-centered play therapist, even though a fair amount of this podcast maybe just applies to all children and all people in all different kinds of situations, but there's not a lot of uncertainty as to why this therapy is happening. It's grounded in the reality of the stressors of the situation. What I find is just as common, if not more common, for children coming into therapy is that they're coming in because the adults in their lives, whether that's parents or other caregivers or teachers or whoever, is worried about them in some way or struggling with them in some way. They're not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. They're not submitting to the standards that they're expected to submit to. They're not being as respectful as the adults in their life would like them to be. They're not focusing as well or listening as well or getting along with others as well as their caregivers in their life would like them to be. And it's the second situation for children, the situation without an identified stressor that is more complex and harder for children to wrap their heads around why this therapy thing is happening to begin with. It's one thing when there's an identified stressor that's causing identified problems, and we can then sort of shift all of the issues that are occurring with a child onto that thing. If that thing doesn't exist, 
then we're having the child come into therapy or the parents are having them come into therapy to work on things that the child may not actually see as a problem to begin with. They may not understand that these things are a problem. They may not be on the same page with their parents in terms of like, yeah, the problem in our house is that I don't do X thing or I'm not respectful in X way. The problem from their perspective may be very different. And we can leave that aside for a second as its own sort of category. If the child is coming in because they have accepted their parents' definition of the problem, and if their parents' definition of the problem is that the child is not acting right in some sort of circumstance or is feeling bad in a way that is requiring of help, then we do have that going for us and for the child in terms of at least the child knows why this experience is happening. But there can be a fair amount of shame accompanying that. The child could become the identified patient inside of a family system that has molded and shaped the person that this child is. The child is responding to the systems in their life, whether it's their family or their school or whatever, but instead of focusing attention on the family or on the school, the attention has been focused on the child, and the child can come in saying things like, I'm bad, I'm the problem, I don't listen, there's something wrong with my brain, and I'm not speculating as to the things that children could say in this situation. I'm just naming the things that I have heard children say when they are coming into therapy, and that has been their interpretation of what is being said to them by their family. And we can say that, oh, child coming into therapy, you're not the problem. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your brain. We don't say that really as child-centered play therapists. We're just kind of rolling with their understanding of the situation, potentially offering our own perspective on the child or our perspective on the situation if that feels like it's something that there's space for and if that feels relevant to throw our emotions into the room and our understanding into the room. But that's not really child-centered either. And in that case, we're left in kind of an uncomfortable spot where the child has correctly identified that they are the patient. It's not the same as a parent coming in and saying, hey, this thing is happening in our family and it's happening with me and it's happening with my child and I want to receive help for my family. And that could mean me as a parent receiving individual therapy to work through my own reactions and defenses and whatever else that are causing my family system to be the way it is. Instead, the child is coming into therapy as the identified patient, as someone who has a problem with them. And if this child has been given a diagnosis, and they are aware of that diagnosis, a lot of people assume that if you have a mental health diagnosis, that means that there's something wrong with your brain and... We do call these things disorders, and then people can have the idea that there's always been something wrong with their brain if they have a disorder, that when they were came out as a baby, there was something wrong with them that was causing them to not focus or have anxiety or be depressed or whatever it is. And children can then take on that belief about themselves and that belief that for their entire lives they've been struggling with this thing, and they've been given a diagnosis by adults who, you know, study emotions and study the brain and that there's something wrong with them. And that belief is reinforced by the adults in their world and by the medications that we give them. I, of course, feel like that's unfortunate that children can find themselves in that place. I struggle mightily with hearing those things come out of children's mouths without wanting to challenge 
that assumption and challenge that situation and provide my own perspective. And sometimes I'll admit it, I do. I do provide my own perspective on that because at the end of the day, I see this one individual child struggling with the things that have been said to them by all these different adults. And even if what those adults don't mean is that, hey, child, you have a problem with you that you got to get figured out in this therapy thing, and this is a problem with your brain, and you're the one with the problem, not us, even if they don't mean that, that is the message that's implied in this entire process. And at least in my own practice, I make a point of seeing parents without the child frequently and name that that is a time for the parents to work through their own things, that families are a system, that they aren't just the product of one individual, that everyone works together and communicates together, that if there's an issue in the family system, that it's an issue that is a family issue and not an issue for one particular individual. Again, this is different in a circumstance where a child has been traumatized in some way or experienced some kind of event, and then we can have the belief that that trauma or that event is affecting them inside of their family system and that it might not be their family system per se that is the the source of this issue but that it's the trauma itself but even inside of that work we could be working or should be working within that family system to ensure that the family system can accommodate and can support that child in their difficult emotions that are coming up with the trauma to help them move through it instead of avoid it or feel shame about the things that are coming up for them so there's family system work to be done regardless And I've tried to organize this podcast. I feel it's a little all over the place. So to summarize, so far, we have dealt with child coming in with an identified trauma. You know, unfortunate, but easy to explain. Dealt with child coming in accepting what the parents have said or what other people have said regarding why they're coming into therapy and have internalized those messages about themselves and they've become part of their identity. Unfortunate, but worth being aware of. The third situation that I can think of, and there might be more, and if I'm missing something, if you are currently seeing a child and they don't neatly fall into one of these three categories, then please write me and let me know. I like thinking about these things and I'm open to being wrong. I'm wrong all the time. But the third situation is having a child who doesn't really understand why this therapy thing is happening. So it's like, okay, my parents have told me to come to therapy, and they've told me it's a space uh, for me to feel better, more or less. Oftentimes parents still say, even if we're letting them know we're doing play therapy, still say things like, this is a place for you to talk about your problems, and pretty quickly, you know, let them know that this is a space where you get to decide what you do and what you say because that's child-centered, and I believe in that. But, so, okay, in this scenario where the child doesn't really understand what's happening, they've been told this is a space for you to feel better, they've been told this is a place to help you with your emotions, and then they come into therapy, and especially if it's child-centered play therapy, but really in any therapy scenario, they come in and they get to do whatever they like, And we do believe that child-centered play therapy helps people with their emotions. We do believe it helps them connect more deeply to themselves. It's a space for them to work through the issues that are coming up for them, whether that's dynamics with other people or traumas they've experienced in the past or their relationship to different aspects of themselves or the human experience. It's a place where they get to do all of that stuff. But for a child coming in, it's we're just playing. We're just playing stuff. Like, something comes into my mind, and it's something we want to do, and then we do it, and then maybe we do something else, or we keep doing that thing, or, you know, whatever. But it's not this 
intervention in this way that maybe has been framed for them, like this is going to directly help you with this thing. Trying to explain how play is a way that children process the world and that it's an experience for them that is important on these levels can seem a little bit abstract, especially if you're five years old and you're not really, you know, doing that kind of level of thinking. It's like, yeah, okay, if you wash the dishes, then the dishes are clean. Uh, If I scrape myself and I get a Band-Aid and some ointment that helps it heal and not get infected... I play all the time, I play everywhere, so I come and play here with this other adult and that's supposed to help me with my emotions. It can become a little difficult to know how this directly is helping me. And I've had kids express that, like, uh, I don't really get why I come here. I don't really get why I continue to come here. I don't know, you know, questions regarding, like, what is this? And I make an effort to answer those questions, which may, which does go against being child-centered, and, and to answer those questions honestly, like this is a space for you to do or say or feel or think whatever you like. This is a space for you to be yourself. I name for them that, you know, I go see a therapist, and that's a space for me to talk about whatever comes up for me and whatever I need to talk about. And I feel better after that time. And I feel more organized after that time. And I'm, I obviously don't say all of that to them in that whole rant, but there are different pieces of that that I could share at different times, depending on what the child is saying and what is coming up. And I want to name all of that to say how important it is, in my belief, for us to be child-centered. That being child-centered is respectful of where the child is at. That being child-centered is fun and enjoyable for the child a lot of the time. It's something that they can look forward to. It's a place where they know that they can be themselves and they can get excited about the different things that are happening in session and think about the play that's happening outside of session. And when kids become invested in the therapeutic process, they often come in and know exactly what they want to do. I've maybe thought about it during the week or at least thought about it during that day and have a plan coming in because there are things that are important for them to do during that time. And once we have that kind of a buy-in with a child, then all of these other questions can often go out the window. They're secondary to the fact that this time is enjoyable for them, that this time feels important to them, that their relationship with us feels important, and that that can be all that matters, and that they're getting something tangible out of that, whether they know it or not, (laughs) right? Whether they know it or not, or whether they can specifically name it or not, like name the thing that they're getting out of it. But that requires a level of perspective and ego strength and connection that isn't really developmentally appropriate for kids of a lot of different ages. But the point of this episode of the podcast is to highlight just how weird this whole therapy thing is, how different it is in terms of our relationship with them, how complicated it can be to explain, how even in a place where it's not understood, it can be difficult to explain exactly what it is. Even when it is understood, there can be a level of shame that's involved in the process. And even if we're dealing with a trauma, still having focus on the family system, still being able to identify 
what we're doing in terms of the family system and explaining perhaps if it's asked about because i think it's important to at least be transparent about the process like what we're doing as therapists with the family and with the child regardless of the reasons for why they're coming in but i can feel at times with some kids that i've seen a level of judgment from the parents in terms of like trying to get their child to understand why they need to come or trying to get some sort of buy-in out of them or maybe even sometimes pressure to talk about certain kinds of things which I caution parents against doing because it's not particularly helpful with what we're trying to do as play therapists in our sessions and in our playrooms. But I think that that empathy on our part for the child is important to be able to just sit with like, yeah, this thing is confusing, or yeah, you're feeling some shame about this thing, or yeah, whatever, and knowing that that's a reasonable response for them to have given the situation. They doubtfully have another relationship like they have with us with anyone anywhere, where it's like, okay, I come in, I share all my... Or like, I'm spo- I, this is supposed to help me with my feelings, and I share feelings, but it's not really directed, and uh, I'm coming in for this specific issue, and I might not even have another place like that on the planet. Maybe I go see a tutor who helps me with math, but that's, you know, we do math, and that's pretty straightforward. Maybe I go see an occupational therapist to help me with speech or sensory issues, but, you know, when I see them, we focus on those specific issues. And then when I go see you... As a therapist, you're supposed to help me feel better, but that's kind of this intangible, weird, tricky thing that is difficult to name exactly how that happens in a way that is developmentally appropriate for children that they can understand that is still connected to the reality of the situation. And I personally think that's okay to name for them. That it's okay to name for them that, yeah, this is a... This therapy thing is weird, and it can be weird for me too. And maybe that's not okay for me to say. It's not that I say that to, like, every child that I see. But if it... I can think of a few for whom it has been sort of a tricky spot of, like, what is this therapy thing? It's kind of weird. And naming for them that, yeah, I also experience that. I experience care for you. I experience care for your family say i am invested in you all feeling better and at the same time i only see you inside of a limited setting in the same place for the same amount of time and it will always be that way and i will never see you outside of that and then when we're done seeing each other yeah we won't have contact after that and i could be an important part of your life for a period of time and then won't be in your life at all and i do think it's important for children to know that to know that therapy ends to not accept us in a certain kind of role inside of their lives or have a certain kind of expectation for the kind of person that we are going to be in their lives long term and then for them to be disappointed or feel surprised or feel betrayed or feel abandoned when it turns out that, oh, this isn't going to last forever. Like there are things like that that feel important for children to know about therapy because as I've tried to get at a little bit unlike tutoring or something like that the reasons for therapy might not be evident for the child just naturally perhaps it will be right I can think of situations where it is where it's like oh you go to this therapy place to you know help 
you feel better. It's for you. It's your space. And they're like, oh, yeah, I go in. It's for me. It's my space. I do feel better. I like this thing. Like, great. That's that's easy. That was simple. But sometimes it's not that simple. And it's important for us as therapists, I think, to provide as much clarity as we can that is meeting the child at their developmental level regarding the therapeutic process. And even when we are attempting to do that, or if we're choosing not to attempt to do that, which is also appropriate, I think, and has value just to sit in like, yeah, this is confusing, or yeah, this makes you feel, you know, you feel like there's something wrong with you, or yeah, you got this diagnosis, and it doesn't, from this place, whether me or someone else, I don't usually share diagnoses with children. It's just something that doesn't seem particularly helpful for them in their process, but perhaps they have had access to that or been told that by someone, and naming that that's hard and that's difficult and that's confusing and that can be painful and you could feel any number of things about this whole therapy thing and working through those emotions knowing those emotions when i say working through i probably more mean moving through can help them define what their own personal relationship is to therapy and to the therapeutic process and that's really important for them to have and when they do have that this relationship for it for themselves that confusion goes down and any kind of shame goes down and it becomes for them which was the goal to begin with because this is child-centered therapy and we are child-centered therapists because we are respectful of children and we trust them to be able to move through their own process with things and that's all i've got for this episode of playtime thank you for listening i I'm not going to name people by name, but I want to give a shout out to people who have reached out um, either with questions or to, you know, just name that this podcast has been helpful for them. It it, um, feels good to receive that. It it gives me a little extra boost of, you know, whatever it is that motivates us to do things. And, uh, you know, it helps me know that this is helpful, at least for a few people. And... I'm going to keep doing it then. I got a Patreon page up. If this feels like something that you'd like to support, I think the link for that is in the episode description page or something like that. And want to say additionally that um, receiving questions from people uh, gave me an idea to do like a mailbag episode of this, which I guess some people do sometimes on podcasts. So if you are someone out there who does have a question then send it to me and I'll do some combination of either you know answering it over email or answering it in a podcast or both but yeah I think that could be I think that could be a cool episode of this to do every once in a while if that's something that I end up getting from people and as always rate review subscribe all that good stuff especially on iTunes uh, that helps the show get more reach um, and yeah see you next time you